up. So, mm. so I think that's a good sign. But uh, overall, it's still, I think, we'll remain wait and see. Uh, the uh, mid-term to long-term infrastructure, uh, the uh, loans, uh, was encouraged by the regulators mm. to, to uh, increase uh, for the banks okay. for another probably... Yeah, one trillion to one point five trillion dollars. So that uh, will probably help improve the PMA data for the second half. Okay, Yan Well, thank you very much and enjoy the Golden Week uh, holidays. That's Yan Wu, who is the chairman of Zhebong Bell. You're listening to Money Talk. RTHK Radio 3. And just a reminder that the markets on the mainland are closed all this week for the Golden Week holiday. Hong Kong markets also closed tomorrow. Uh, South Korean markets closed today, but around. Those markets that are open, stocks are slipping. Uh, the SX200 in Australia down 0.7%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan off over 1%. Um, looks like it's getting worse for the Hang Seng. Um, the Hang Seng, which closed at about 17,220 on, fr- on Friday, is going to lose that 17,000 level this morning. Futures currently indicating an open at about 16,900, which is a loss of 320 points on the day. Thank you very much for listening this morning. There's no money talk tomorrow, as it's a holiday here in Hong Kong for the Chung Yung Festival. But you still get me. I'll be here from 6 to 10 with a special holiday show of music, chat and guests. Please join me for that if you can. Money Talk will return on Wednesday. Coming up after the news, back chat with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse. The weather forecast, fine and hot. Uh, maximum temperature of around 32 degrees, a bit higher in... Uh, in the urban areas, fine and very hot tomorrow as well. Temperatures right now, 28 degrees, and it's 84% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.32, here's Ben Che with the half-hour news. Mainland authorities will, for the first time, be recruiting astronauts for its manned space program in Hong Kong. More details from Todd Harding. The China Manned Space Agency is looking to recruit up to 14 astronauts, including seven or eight pilots, several engineers and two payload specialists. The agency will be inviting applications in Hong Kong and Macau for the positions of payload specialists, professional scientific researchers mainly responsible for scientific experiments, research and testing during a space mission. Chief Executive John Lee has described this as an historic present, saying it symbolises the country's confidence in Hong Kong's research capabilities and its care for the development of Hong Kong youth. The recruitment exercise will run for three weeks starting on Thursday. MTR train services between Diamond Hill and City One on the Tunma line have been suspended due to signaling glitches. The rail operator is arranging free shuttle buses for affected passengers. It says staff are carrying out emergency repair works. MTR says commuters may consider taking other transport. A tourism professor says he expects a rapid rebound in visitors here if Hong Kong can fully open up to international travellers before Christmas. Professor Haiyang Song from the Polytechnic University's School of Hotel and Tourism Management welcomed the recent scrapping of hotel quarantine, which has been replaced with three days of medical surveillance. But he says the surveillance as well as the requirements for PCR tests still add risk to travellers' plans and may deter them. He told RTH that if Hong Kong fully reopened, tourist arrivals would bounce back.
I think they will be relatively quick, especially we are approaching Christmas holidays. So if we can fully open before that, there will be an influx of tourists from other countries than China. I think China probably still takes some time for opening up. And once Hong Kong is open to China or China is open to Hong Kong, then I would say next year you will see a lot of maybe a significant increase of tourist arrivals. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit, which is due to take place here on November the 1st and 2nd, hosted by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. More than 100 major institutions will be represented including more than 30 by their chairman or chief executives, including uh, HSBC, Standard Chartered, UBS and Goldman Sachs. The meeting will have... uh, Sorry, UBS and Goldman Sachs. The meeting will have the theme Navigating Beyond Uncertainty. It'll be a major gathering of financial heavyweights in Hong Kong, with the aim being uh, partly to emphasise the city's status as a global financial centre. After 9.15, we'll look at the response to the second batch in the latest round of consumption vouchers. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And we're joined uh, in our studio here in Broadcast Drive by Mark Michelson, Chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia. And on the line, we have uh, Gary Ung, an economist at the corporate and investment bank Natixis, and also Alan Zeman, Chairman of the Langkwai Fong Group. Um, good morning to everybody. Perhaps uh, we could start with you, uh, Mark. Um, thanks very much uh, for being here. Um, how significant is this summit going to be for Hong Kong? Well, I think it's important because we haven't done this in a long time. So we're getting some very senior financial leaders into Hong Kong. But we have to tell a good story. And that's, that's the important part. Um, Mike Rouse will remember that in 2003, uh, after SARS, we, uh, Steve Forbes came here and announced that Forbes was holding their, their global conference in Hong Kong the next year. That really started us off. But we'd been telling the story for a while. Up to that point, we'd been sending, Mike had been sending regular letters out to potential investors describing what the situation was in Hong Kong, both the positive and the negative, and sort of preparing them. And so by the time people arrived here, they were ready to uh, to realize that Hong Kong was back to business. Mm-hmm. So that's the message we have to send, and I hope uh, hope that's what uh, people that will come here will find. Mark, I think you'll remember that we... Um, waited, we in Hong Kong waited until the CDC and the WHO both lifted their travel right. advisories so that it, it, then we could just press the button and all the things that we planned to do could happen. Uh, are we going to have something similar to, to light the afterburners in Hong Kong? <laughs> It's a good question. I think you may have to ask the government. I expect there might be a relaxation of a further relaxation of, of government policy on, on the uh, on the quarantine and, and so on, really eliminating the quarantine and so on. But it it's going to take a while for everybody to react to that. 
So this is sort of jump-starting it, but it's a question of what this does to jump-start it, what happens afterwards. Are, are, are these sort of events going to come back? Are tourists going to be coming back? Uh, is, is other kinds of business, those firms that moved away from Hong Kong, either temporarily or, or permanently, or parts, parts of their operations, are they going to come back? Or are they going to do something else? This is going to be the big test. Okay. Well, let's um, bring in um, uh, Gary Ung and Alan Zeman in a moment. Uh, uh, j just a message here from the transport department. So it seems there's uh, some uh, disruption on the MTR this morning. Um, the, the, on the Toon Ma line, uh, Toon Mun Station to Diamond Hill Station is running at six-minute intervals. Uh, uh, Diamond Hill Station to City One Station suspended. Uh, City One Station to Wu Kai Sha at six-minute uh, intervals. Uh, there's free MTR shuttle bus services between uh, City One and Diamond Hill Stations and between Tai Wai and Hinken Stations. Um, Alan Zeman, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Um, how optimistic are you about uh, the positive effects that uh, this summit is going to have? Well, I think it's crucial for us. Uh, I, I actually have just left Singapore. I was attending the uh, Forbes and the Milken conferences. I was a guest speaker there. Unfortunately, I came down with COVID while I was oh, there. But, oh, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm, re I'm recovering now. But uh, the biggest thing is Singapore is, is high on steroids at the moment. Hong Kong's reputation has been damaged uh, the last three years by the, uh, what I consider an inept government that uh, literally forgot what Hong Kong was all about. And uh, Singapore has kind of stolen that mantle at the moment. Uh, they've got the F1 this week and this past weekend, yeah. and they have <clears throat> bankers from all over the world. Uh, uh, everybody, everything was on Singapore. It is high time that Hong Kong gets back our mantle. We were always the leader in the world, uh, especially in finance, and China expects us to be the international financial center, the window of the, wor of the world, one country, two systems to remain. Xi Jinping came here July 1st to specifically say that. Uh, you know, uh, the good thing is that because we are part of China, China will do everything possible, uh, you know, to make sure that uh, Hong Kong continues to to lead. Uh, you know, the city remains China's sole offshore financial center, it's the world's largest trading for the offshore remedy, you know, so it, it, it's, and it's also preferred market for Chinese companies to raise funds, uh, you know, and so, and so with, uh, you've got a lot of uh, deep pool of capital and a lot of experience, so it's really important, and, and of course we have the common law system, China needs Hong Kong to remain as what we were, and that's why some of the uh, Chinese officials have come out in those last few weeks to say that, listen, uh, remember, you, you, uh, Hong Kong needs to be the international financial center, the winner to the world to, uh, uh, of China. And yeah. so um, Hong Kong needs to really get back to coming down to zero plus zero as quickly as we can, dropping all restrictions like the rest of the world has, has done, and, and be the leader again. Uh, China needs Hong Kong to be who we used to be and who we are. Singapore right. now, because of what they've done, has, has, has stolen a lot of that metal. Alan, what would you like us to do, or the government to do, uh, immediately? Because you've, you've now experienced arriving in Singapore and yes. arriving back in, in Hong Kong. 
So I, what do we have to do? Well, Mike, I'm not in Hong Kong Not yet. back yet. I'm, oh. I'm in Thailand because I'm trying to recover. But, but basically, um, what we need to do is really get down to zero plus zero and, and as quickly as we possibly can and lift all the PCR, the, all the restrictions. The rest of the world has moved on now. And, and uh, I understand all the worries. And, and uh, because I, I do believe that uh, after the 16th of October, the party congress in China, that China will start to relax. Uh, they have to relax their, their quarantine measures uh, and, and really get their economy back in, in, on track. So I think that it's the key. We look, look at what happened, Mike, with zero plus three. Suddenly the euphoria in Hong Kong, uh, many, many people still has not... Uh, brought tourism back, but at least we have, uh, there's a better feel in Hong Kong. Right, it was a big mood improvement. Most yes. of the tourism has been in Hong Kong people finally going out to travel. That, that's, that's, yeah, in the wrong direction, I agree with you. But, uh, no, and, and then we've got to lift all the restrictions in business and in, 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 uh, in, in, in restaurants, bars, all the other things that, that uh, we've lived with for these last couple right. of years. We've got to get back to being Hong Kong. Wait. Otherwise, our reputation is tarnished, Mike, around the world. Sure. Were you wearing a mask in Singapore? <laughs> I was not wearing a mask. As a matter of fact, the future uh, deputy, uh, uh, the future prime minister, Lawrence Wong, was at the Forbes conference, the dinner that I was at that night, without mask, without any anything, and, and was saying, we, you know, we... That we're open, we're free, we, we don't need to wear masks. You can see no one was wearing masks. I was the only one that was wearing a mask that night because I wasn't feeling that yeah. well. Singapore is walking the talk. As, 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 yeah, walking the talk. So yeah. we, but, yeah. but, you know, Mark, we always used to walk that talk. We did. We were the leaders. What, Everyone what, used to look to Hong Kong. Singapore used to look to Hong what Kong. What about testing? Any testing? No, no, not, none whatsoever. I wasn't even asked whether I had... <laughs> vaccine, whether I was vaccinated when right. I left Singapore and I came to Thailand and it's the same thing I came here because there was I didn't have to show that, that I was infected or anything you know we, they just let everybody in and, and, and life goes on here like no, as normal as, as Hong Kong used to be we forget that and what I'm urging the officials in Hong Kong to take a trip outside of Hong Kong to really see how the rest of the world has yeah. moved on Okay, okay, uh, good. Uh, stay with us. Uh, we also have on the line uh, Gary Ung, an economist uh, with Natixis. Good morning to you. Good morning, uh, everyone. Th thank you very much for joining us. Um, <clears throat> Gary Ung, um, what, what do you think about this uh, upcoming summit at the beginning of November? How much of a, of a boost is it going to give to Hong Kong's uh, reputation? And, and <laughs> you know, how much do we need a boost at the moment? Definitely, um, yes. I mean, if you think about what Hong Kong's role in the world and what other people think about Hong Kong right now, uh, it's really back to this, you know, this endless circle of the COVID restriction that, I mean, if you ask anyone who wants to move to Hong Kong and work right now, and it's probably not. So I think the um, summit definitely gives a quite a strong uh, message in terms of uh, Hong Kong, uh, uh, well, it's back to business. However, whether if Hong Kong is really back to business, I think there's a lot of uh, things the government would need to do. And I, I totally agree with uh, what the discussion is about right, uh, like a minute before on Hong Kong need to uh, relax all the restrictions. And uh, not only about the quarantine hotel, uh, 0 plus 3, but really about uh, all the domestic 
restricted as well. Um, because if you look at Singapore, which is definitely the uh, best example, um, I mean, if you ask about any foreign uh, people who wants to come to Hong Kong, that is really the uh, uh, best example. Then, I mean, they may as well say that in Singapore, um, uh, it's fully reopened and then uh, you can basically work and, and travel quite easily there. And if you come to Hong Kong, you need, uh, you know, PCR test every two days and etc. Those are the things that have deterred um, travelers from mm. going to Hong Kong, uh, no matter whether it was short trip or maybe for a longer, you know, uh, 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 like like um, you know, living purpose at the, at the moment. So um, definitely, um, it's good to have all these uh, high-ranking people gathered in Hong Kong for um, well, the, for discussion about the future and peace. But we need to see real change in policy in reopening to actually make that happen. I mean, Hong Kong really doesn't need another show like that. It needs like a real change in policy from my perspective. Yeah, I'd, I'd also add, and Alan sort of suggested this, the connection, one of the great attractions of Hong Kong is, of course, its relationship with China, especially in, in the financial area. And that reconnection is pretty important part, too. And, and whether that happens after October or not, uh, but it hasn't happened yet. Do you think and if Hong Kong um, does a good job of opening up, that the mainland will maybe follow in our footsteps? Well, you know, that's... That's there's speculation that we're sort of a pilot project, although a much smaller pilot project of of seeing how this works and then at least doing it. And I don't know if it'll be done in stages in the mainland or or how it'll be done, but obviously it's going to move in that direction. I mean, the big thing here is we're now what a, a vaccination rate of over ninety percent, um, a, a lower figure for those over eighty, but still pretty high. Uh, whereas in the, in the mainland they still have. Tens of millions of seniors not vaccinated at all. But Mike, but Mike the, the, the mainland has, has no choice. The mainland has to open up because, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, the, the, the economy is in very bad shape. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, youth unemployment is 18.7% uh, as of last month, uh, you know, which, which is, is a huge number in China. You've got uh, the housing problem. You've got the, the, the bank problem. It, it's it's got huge huge problems at the moment, and with the new administration, you know, with the administration every after uh, October sixteenth, uh, uh, the new party congress, uh, uh, the party congress coming through with with the new leadership, um, I think that it's important for China, and they know that that they've got to get back to business, they've got to be get back to being one of the great leaders of the world. Well, of course, it's, uh, it's, it's a sudden shutdowns, isn't it, over there? Exactly. Very disruptive. Exactly, it's very, very disruptive, and 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 uh, and I believe, and you know, I have I uh, sit on the boards of a number of companies in in China, and from my information is that uh, yes, they are planning to uh, slowly reduce uh, the quarantine measures and and get back to business. They have to; they have no choice. Uh, and Hong Kong will follow suit. I'll give you a quick example. One of one of our members was was just expanded in China and they were going to have a, a big opening and reintroducing what they were doing in China and they scheduled it for two weeks ago in Chengdu and that didn't work out so well as you might imagine. This is this is the problem, this is the issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Yeah, a message here on our Facebook uh, from Richard says, uh, Hong Kong will not be open for business until the ridiculous COVID theatre restrictions are dropped. And they probably will be by the time all the bigwigs arrive in November. Well, that remains to be seen, of course. But um, 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 Gary Young, would you think, I mean, you fly out of Hong Kong now. When you come back, you're still uh, greeted at the airport by uh, staff wearing protective clothing. You've got to, you've got to uh, you know, take tests and so on. Um, do, do you think there is a risk that if some of the, uh, uh, you know, some of the anti-COVID measures remain in place at the airport when people arrive, then that could give uh, an impression about the territory that perhaps, uh, you know, wouldn't be, uh, <laughs> you know, totally positive for people coming to the summit? I mean, uh, I don't think anyone would like to be greeted by, uh, uh, you know, a group of uh, staff that actually put in protective gear and, and that it's really quite a bad damage. So actually, I uh, I was out of Hong Kong uh, back in July and then, I mean, I will be back next week as well so I can really make that comparison even at mm. the airport this time. So whether there's actually some improvement already, yes, because uh, at least the relaxation, uh, uh, there is some sort of relaxation that we see right now. But whether that, um, like, relaxation is enough to actually um, give a very positive image to um, uh, everyone. Maybe not, because and I'm actually in Seoul right now, and everything seems to be normal, and, and, and basically uh, everything is back, like all the businesses and even travelers. Um, you, you even see you know, all sort of K-pop concerts, and, and, and basically fireworks even next week, so basically things are back to normal. So I think what Hong Kong really lacks right now is that the government really needs to um, relax all these measures so that business can actually uh, uh, get back to normal and they can have all these events uh, 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 basically going on again. Because I think even though all this seeming executive from all the banks have decided that they would visit Hong Kong, what they really want is not a one-off visit with a very, uh, uh, I mean, uh, presidential arrangement for them only. It's really about whether there's ongoing uh, travel between, for example, the headquarters to Hong Kong or whether the staff can actually have the same arrangement in this uh, uh, basically business as usual mode. So I think this part is really quite mm. important, uh, uh, like an element that the government hasn't been moving as quickly as uh, many other uh, places. So um, definitely, um, well, all the high-ranking people positive for Hong Kong image, but um, I still think that may not be enough to put all Hong right. Kong out of this recession because um, uh, we see Hong Kong has different pressure right now. Uh, consumption side, I mean, you all have all this net outflow tourism that people are rushing to other uh, places in terms of being Mr. Ng, uh, it's good that you're joining us from from Seoul, <laughs> and and Alan's joining us from Thailand. Thailand, having recently been in in Singapore. So you guys are really experiencing the difference. Right. Is there a danger here? And I'll put this to all three of you: that people will contrast. A lot of these bankers, I suspect, will go from Hong Kong onto Singapore, um, and they're going to see those differences very very visibly. Have we got time or do we need to move very quickly? Mark? 
I think we have to move pretty quickly. As 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 Mike suggested, Singapore is running a a, fine, a fintech festival, which is which is actually just a continuation of a of of a, of an event they've been running for many years. They just put it on abeyance for a little while. It's not the same. It's not. It's a little bit apples and oranges. But the theme, our theme, for for the Hong Kong uh, conferences, navigating beyond uncertainty. And uh, Singapore's theme is building resilient business models amid volatility and change. So, so quite similar. And but also, it's it's a wider group of people they're they're inviting, and, and it goes into ESG matters as well as the, all the ones that the Hong Kong one are covering. So there will be a contrast. It's not exactly competitive, but you're right. Some of them will be going from Hong Kong. Because well, we've got a fintech event in Hong Kong around that time as well. Yeah. The yep. the big one for the top bankers That's right. is what is an element of it, but it is it's broader than that here yep. too. Uh, Alan, well, uh, we we have to we have to move at warp speed. I mean, uh, literally, we can't do it in piecemeal at, at anymore. I mean, in, in fairness to this government, they've only been in, been in power for a little over three months at the moment, and they have made a lot of changes uh, based on what we've lived with the last two and a half years but uh, of the previous administration. But, uh, but I, I believe that now is the time that economics needs to take over medical. Uh, Hong Kong is always the economic center of the world, and we've got to get that, that mojo back again and really quickly because, yes, the bankers will come here, but as, you say, as uh, someone said, they're going on to... Uh, to uh, Singapore, after many of them, and them going around the you know around to other places in the world, and and when you experience what all those other places are like, it 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 it's uh, you know you, you realize Hong Kong still is restricted. Uh, the masks, if, it, if that's the last thing the government wants to keep on, I don't think it's the end of the world. Eventually, they'll come off. But uh, I just think that at this moment, we need to really get moving. Uh, to get Hong Kong back. We've got to get all those conventions back. We've lost, you know, the token 2049, you know, the largest annual digital asset conference uh, we've always had here in Hong Kong, but because it was canceled for two years, it's moved to Singapore, you know, and along along with other conventions. And we've got to get, you know, the jewelry show. We've got to get all those things back. I'm a bit worried about the uh, Rugby Sevens, to be frank. Yes. No food. Uh, everyone in the stadium wearing a mask. I, I, I'm hoping, Mike. I'm hoping the rugby sevens that we don't wind up looking like 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 fools around the world. You know, we really need to really open it up. The sevens is all about fun and 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 sport and inter- and and entertainment, enjoying ourselves, and that's what's always brought people here. And if we lose that, uh, you know, it, it's 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 uh, many many years ago we were going to do. A, concert in Hong Kong when they opened up the, the original stadium in Happy Valley and the government at that time said, because uh, people were complaining about the noise level, and they said, yeah. well, wear, wear gla- masks, masks and, 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 and gloves. gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. And it, was, it made headlines around the world, but for the wrong reason. I just hope the Rugby Sevens does not make headlines around the world for the wrong reason. Uh, okay, sorry, just, so, 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 sorry to butt in, Mark. Uh, just a quick message from the Transport Department. So that, that uh, signalling fault between City One and Diamond Hill on the Toon Mile line has been repaired. Normal train service gradually re- resuming. Mark Michelson. Well, that's very good news. But, 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 uh, but Alan and, and Mike reminds me that during, during SARS, the Sevens ran. And it ran with nobody yeah. was wearing masks and yeah. nobody got sick. And it yeah. really lifted the community 
tremendously and also send a message out to the rest of the world. Listen, guys, I just recovered. I just tested negative yesterday from, from COVID. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a flu, you know, even though the doctors will say it's not a flu. Yes, if you have pre-existing conditions, of course. But if you have a flu, if you have pneumonia with pre-existing conditions, you'll be very severely uh, uh, sick. You know, so you recover. And, and, and basically, we've got to really, you know, and actually, Singamore said that it is now endemic. And, and they're treating it as, as the disease is being endemic. And that's what we have to now look at. Right. Mark and I have both recovered COVID patients as well. Okay. So you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's, it's important for Hong Kong to really get us back again. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the medical doctors who've done a great job, you know, I'm not criticizing, have, have, have that's been the, the lead in, in, in Hong Kong. And now uh, the economics need to come back again and needs to take the lead again like it always did. Uh, Gary Young, so the, the Monetary Authority wants to showcase the attractions of Hong Kong as, as part of this uh, summit. There's a, a cultural event and a, a dinner at the M Plus Museum in the West Kowloon Cultural uh, District. And also, it's, of course, uh, as, as mentioned, it's taking place just a few days before the Rugby Sevens. Um, so uh, what do you think about the programme of, uh, of this event? Uh, how, how attractive is it going to be to the participants? I think the program is not uh, too bad. I mean, you have a uh, perspective from the uh, business side and also a bit of the culture and basically some of the things that uh, uh, visitors will not be able to see uh, basically um, well, a few years ago. So um, I do think that, well, it seems to be a mix of different uh, advantages that, um, well, the authority want to change, uh, want to show uh, uh, basically the, the, the participants. But I still think that the two important are uh, 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 basically the uh, advantage of Hong Kong. So far, it's really the ecosystem that Hong Kong has built mm-hmm. together uh, with different industry uh, uh, that you, it's really easy for you to uh, find the respective industry expert that you need and you can connect the business and etc. And the second is about connectivity that uh, it could be free from of capital, people and, and talent etc. So we are kind of missing a bit of the two right now. And I do think that the authority is trying to uh, give the perspective that uh, the, the, um, the, the connectivity part is back. But at the same time, uh, whether uh, like the two days conference, whether yeah. uh, only the uh, visit to the so, entrance program is totally enough to actually show that, well, this is what uh, Hong okay. Kong uh, okay. has. Got to, stop, sorry, Hong sorry, Kong has sorry, sorry, uh, got to stop you there. We'll pick it up after the news. We've got a, a break for uh, three minutes. Uh, stay with us. 29 degrees, 81% humidity. ...by passing them off as royalty payments. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome back to Back Chat with your uh, guest presenter, Mike Rouse, and me, Jim Gould. And we're talking about the Global Financial Forum uh, on this morning's programme. Uh, that's happening on the 1st and 2nd of November. And we have with us uh, Mark Michelson, chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia, uh, Gary Ung, an economist at the corporate and investment bank at Natixis, and Alan Zeman, chairman of the Langkwai Fong Group. Um, um, Gary Ung, sorry, I had to cut you off just before the news at, uh, at nine o'clock. Um, um, you know, we, we talked a lot about uh, Singapore getting ahead during Hong Kong's COVID restrictions. I mean, how easy or difficult do you think it's going to be for Hong Kong from an economic point of view to uh, get back what perhaps we've lost? 
Sure, I think this is really a very, very important question for a lot of our businesses um, in uh, basically in the world, or not only in Hong Kong. So I still think that Hong Kong has a very strong advantage in terms of the connection with China, of which uh, Singapore is a bit hard to re- uh, basically replace, and also the market size is a lot larger in Hong Kong. So these are uh, these things are not going to change. But what has changed in the past two to three years is that uh, I think a lot of uh, experts has moved to Singapore because of uh, various reasons, uh, better business opportunities, or basically the clients are moving there because I mean, if you are stuck in Hong Kong, then you cannot meet your client in China and actually anywhere in the world. So therefore, we are seeing that at least temporary shift from Hong Kong to Singapore, and that shift is actually occurring. So for Hong Kong, I think the most important thing right now is really to remove all these hurdles so that a business can become a bit normal. Because, I mean, if you continue to have this divergence in the COVID policy with, uh, well, Singapore, then um, obviously um, like you haven't really fundamentally changed that cyclical uh, picture that we are seeing right now. So that is really uh, something that is quite urgent for the government to do. So next is, uh, it's really uh, also about the medium term because we already see certain businesses that they have moved to Singapore, at least they moved their team to Singapore, and increasingly if Hong Kong acts a bit slower then the whole ecosystem may, if not fully, at least partially, may be moved to Singapore, and then people may not realize that Hong Kong is the only choice in Asia because you can do the same thing, let's say, in Seoul, Singapore, etc. So this is really my uh, biggest worry about uh, what is going to happen uh, into the Hong Kong's economy, the structural change or damage that Hong Kong may have. So um, definitely, uh, I, I, I do think that the most, basically the easiest thing that Hong Kong can do right now is uh, just do the same as what Singapore has done. And then I do think that business will slowly uh, come back. It's not really only about hold, holding a conference or like a rugby seven or, or like showing the executive to uh, a nearly open museum. I think the word of mouth that people kind of uh, uh, are basically tell each other about what they think about Hong Kong eventually it's really reopening up. I think that is the really important part to get Hong Kong back on track. These okay. are quite radical steps if we're going to match Singapore. I mean, the people going to this dinner, there'll be more than eight of them. Will they all have to produce a negative RAT? Um, Will they have to register every time they go into a restaurant or anywhere? Um, Are they all going to have the app on their phones? I I just wonder whether we can be that radical between now and and the end of the month. Mm. How about that, Alan Zeman? What do you think? And is is it a temp... Because it is time to really to, to, to get back to life. And, and, and it'll be a big joke. If they have to, if they have to follow all those procedures uh, and, and then they leave here and go back to wherever they come from, and they come to Singapore or wherever, um, you know, the, the impression that we're trying to create with them, the confidence we're trying to build with them, uh, will, will really evaporate very, very quickly. Uh, you know, we can see all over Europe the flights are so full at the moment. People are traveling everywhere. Uh, you know, it's back to normal. I mean, everyone that comes back from London, from other places, they say that that uh, you know it's it's boom time over there. And and I think that uh, you know it's the same thing. We've got to really loosen that restrictions. You know, we've we've the problem is they've been ingrained in us for the last three years by the previous administration, and now it takes time to uh, unravel it. You know, George Lung, the 
CEO of uh, the uh, General, Chamber, General Commerce. Chamber of yeah. Commerce just came out over the weekend and said 10% of their members have moved permanently uh, from Hong Kong, many to Singapore, and, and, and are not coming back. And 30% said they're thinking of moving, hopefully not. But uh, So we, we've got to, you know, we've been saying this for the, for the past little while, it, it, we've got to move at warp speed. We've got to move and, and, and really get back and join the rest of the world. Right. This Mark, is what China wants. Alan, there's a, there's a, a tension here, isn't there? We, there in, is. we in Hong Kong tend to compare where we are this week with where we were two weeks ago. And it's a big improvement. It's an even bigger improvement than we were two months ago. But the rest of the world compares exactly. Hong Kong with other cities, where exactly. they are right now compared to where we are right now. And the comparison, we just, not, we just don't look that good. Well, you're so right, Mike. And that's really, really got to change the mentality of government and, and officials and, and the health minister, uh, who really has done an admirable job at the moment with them opening up. But again, at this moment, we've got to really uh, get back to back to work. Otherwise, Hong Kong will have a lot of work to catch up in the future. And, and you know, because eventually we will, we have to open up eventually. And, and so, but it'll just take time. Mark, Mark, how easy is it going to be, or difficult, to get those people back, the ones who've left? Well, I'm just, I was just mm. going to say that because what George Lung said, what Alan referred to, and what the General Chamber is, and what other surveys have shown in our group, too, reflects this, is that some of them are not going to move back. Some of them, it depends on what kind, of, how their operations are. Certainly those that are looking at Greater China, this is a much better place to be in, in many ways and has a lot of advantages, especially when our connections reopen with China. But in other ways, they've moved at least part of their operations, if not all their operations, not only to Singapore, but sometimes back to their home countries. Is that going to be a temporary or, 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 or will it be more long-lasting? I think it depends on how their businesses develop. But so with one of the things COVID has done is it's made remote working remotely more effective and and many businesses have learned how to do that so in some ways those especially in headquarters it's going to be maybe a different interpretation of what's needed in the headquarters and what it is they may not be completely virtual but they'll be more virtual and for hong kong and for singapore to some extent too uh, that might uh, that might have an impact mm -hmm. sorry mike you, you were going to yeah i i it's, it's come to this point about the the comparison the comparison, I, I don't envy the CE. I think he's got a tough job. He's well paid, but he's got a tough job. He's going to have to move in the next three, four weeks, or the comparisons will, will rebound. Okay, um, another email here from uh, listener Alonzo uh, says uh, a number of friends recently arrived back in Hong Kong and were pleasantly surprised with the pronounced improvement in airport arrival procedures. It took only 15 minutes from disembarkation to arrival hall, even with the tra train uh, shuttle journey from the aircraft to immigration and subsequent PCR test. This whole procedure took over three hours a few months ago. Moreover, their PCR test results were now sent via SMS within a couple of hours of arrival. So we're making progress. Next step, zero plus zero. Um, I mean, that's, that's true, isn't it, Mark Michelson? We are making progress. Oh, absolutely. It's much better than it was. But as, as everyone has said, the comparisons are still not very good with the rest of the world because everyone else is completely open, almost mm -hmm. everyone else. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, uh, Alan Zeman, um, what do you think about uh, 10% of companies leaving? I mean, um, would you expect now to see them start to think, or some of them at least start to think about coming back? And and how soon do you think that might happen? You know, it depends. Those companies that have left, you know, companies that are in Hong Kong really are the ones that need to be close to China. Hong Kong, the strength of Hong Kong is that we are China and and we're close to China. Singapore uh, really can represent ASEAN. It'll never represent China uh, in general. And and, and so I think that uh, that's one good thing we have in our back pocket. Uh, Eventually, uh, things have to come back again because China will get back on steroids. And and so, uh, you know, so, so I believe those companies, but the big thing is we have a huge brain drain that have left the banking community are, are, are looking for a lot of executives at the moment who have moved away. Some are not coming back. And, and so I think that it's important to start to think about how we can attract people from all over uh, the world, the, the experts that we always had to have and people who always wanted to come to Hong Kong because everything about Hong Kong, the good thing about Hong Kong, it's still safe. It's a very safe place to bring up children. Yeah, look, looking at the message from uh, uh, Eddie Yu, the chief exec of the Monetary Authority, uh, he talks about the uh, global uh, challenges like uh, rising interest rates, uh, risk of uh, stagflation, right? That's where you have uh, inflation and very little economic growth. And um, he's talking about the summit. He says... Uh, he says um, it's, it's, uh, we'll also reflect on how Hong Kong as an international financial centre should position itself amid all these uncertainties and challenges to maintain the competitiveness of our financial sector contribute positively to delivering more efficient, reliable, sustainable financial services to the global community. Um, Mark Michelson, what do you think? I mean, how should Hong Kong be positioning itself now amid the current economic climate? Well, that's certainly part of it, and that's our strength, right? In term, when you look at our, our industries, the one that has survived and in some ways prospered is financial services. And that's clearly a, a, a clear plus for China, for Hong Kong and its relationship with China, as, as Alan has emphasized. But again, we have to have to walk the talk to a greater extent. And part of that is, is, is of course, lifting the restrictions, but also getting back to what we, what we used to do. And it says we're going to return to normal, but we haven't returned to normal. Actually, no one, almost no one has returned to normal. It's what we do now going forward and how we, how we push that. And that might take some strong reforms, including support from government as well, to make it easier for companies to get talent to do to do, as Alan pointed out, that's such a key area, and that's 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 a, a, a key challenge that's occurred during COVID and 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 so on that we really have to get back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Young, what sort of reforms do you think we m- might need in order to uh, attract and retain uh, talent and businesses? So I think the uh, most obvious advantage of Hong Kong is still the low tax and also the EC approved visa system because, I mean, if you think about Singapore, they really uh, try to get the high-end talent and also the wealthiest uh, uh, like, like, like persons, which often result in certain administrative restrictions. I mean, so on that end, Hong Kong is actually quite good. So I still think that as long as Hong Kong can actually maintain its openness to capital, to talent, as long as there are opportunities, then uh, uh, I'm not surprised that uh, people 
people who actually uh, flow back because this is really a place for connecting uh, different businesses. So um, I, I do think that uh, the short run is really the lifting the COVID uh, or the restriction. But in the long run, we probably need to provide more incentives uh, on finance and also especially with the fintech sector, of which uh, definitely we're lacking behind Singapore because we're not open in the past two to three years. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Zeman, do you want to have a, a final word on this? Well, my final world is, word is list all the restrictions, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and I guarantee you people will start coming back. Uh, the people that always loved Hong Kong and, and thought that the dynamism of Hong Kong will come back. So my key is lift the restrictions for everything domestic and international as quickly as we possibly can, and, and let's get back to work. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot for joining us uh, on the line uh, this morning. Um, um, uh, Good to hear that you've uh, recovered from uh, COVID. Um, That was Alan Zeman, uh, chairman of the Langkwai Fong Group. Uh, Thanks very much also to Gary Ung, an economist at the uh, Natixis. And thank you to Mark Michelson, chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia. Um, thank you very much for that conversation. Um, for the last uh, 10 minutes or so of the programme this morning, we're going to be turning our attention to a, a related topic um, because it does involve uh, economics, and that is the latest round of the consumption vouchers which were uh, distributed uh, from Saturday. Um, uh, $2,000 worth for anybody using an octopus card, uh, uh, 3000 dollars uh, for people using um, other electronic payment systems like uh, Alipay, BOC Pay, PayMe, Tap and Go, WeChat Pay. Um, we're joined on the line now by uh, Thomas Yoon, who's an assistant professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at uh, Hong Kong Xuyan University. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, so the Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, says uh, this, uh, these consumption vouchers are injecting about $15 billion worth of uh, consumption power into the uh, local market. Um, um, how much of a difference do you think uh, it's going to make now? Uh, actually, the government is expected that this time the consumption voucher can stimulate or the multiply either to about 1.2% of the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, uh, the same uh, consumption voucher actually uh, stimulated the economy by 0.7%. Uh, but this time, I think that the stimulation effect of the multiplier effect in economic terms may be a little bit uh, smaller uh, due to several reasons. The first one may be uh, because we all know that uh, our real view arrangement, known as the zero plus three model, okay, uh, actually stimulate, okay, uh, encourage people uh, to traveling outside Hong Kong. Uh, so uh, some people actually uh, use their money to in the traveling agent uh, to book their hotel or airline, something like this. If the money go to the hotel in Asia or in Japan, uh, anywhere outside Hong Kong, the money will not circulate in Hong Kong. So the multiplier effect or the stimulus effect may actually be lower. And some people may actually save their money, switch their, their consumption. Uh, and save their money uh, to for traveling instead of consume that uh, this time. So the effect of uh, uh, the consumption voucher on the whole economy this time may actually be less. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, this may not be a too serious issue because the accommodation of the airline is still uh, limited. Uh, we know that in the past, in the peak season, our in the normal cases, 
our airline can actually accommodate millions of travelers going out Hong Kong, traveling, and coming back in a few weeks. But uh, today, apart from being normal, the accommodation power of our, our airline is around 10% or 20%, something like this. Uh, so the, uh, this may be a better, but uh, traveling outside uh, or outbound traveling uh, may not be so significant mm-hmm. in affecting our consumption. Uh, but uh, what we observe here is that because this is the first time, this is the first time the consumption voucher is delivered, uh, so people have uh, an idea that this is a regular income. Okay, if this is a regular income, then you are do- using it for regular consumption right. uh, instead of doing it for extra consumption. If this is not an extra consumption, then uh, this may not have any stimulation effect on our economy. Right. Professor, have there been any studies done of how much of the expenditure was simply already going to happen and and the consumption vouchers have helped with it rather than stimulating extra spending? Have have the academics got around to this yet? We do not have the data yet, uh, but we know the data in the last time is about 0.7 on the economy. Uh, and this time the government is expecting 1, 1.2%. But definitely, I think that this time it must be less than one point two percent what the government expected, uh, and this is observed in the in August. What we observed is that uh, in the first week, uh, the consumption sentiment uh, is, is very hot. Everyone is going to consume or uh, use the consumption voucher, and this is what happened this time uh, in, in October. This time we just got the consumption voucher, and because of the festival, because of the holiday, everyone go out. Uh, Benefits in terms of getting more people uh, using uh, other means of paying, other than octopus, and, and uh, more uh, retailers installing the equipment necessary for this. Have we, uh, are we are we going to benefit in the longer term from those changes? Yeah, well, we can actually benefit from from the in the longer term or or even in the shorter term because because we have more tools uh, to use the electronic. Uh, voucher and because the electronic uh, consumption voucher is electronic uh, compared with the cash giving to, to the general public, uh, what we got here is that uh, we know that uh, uh, the platform uh, for uh, e-commerce uh, is uh, increasing uh, from our data in our August uh, uh, retail sale report. We know that it's increased uh, to take up our uh, increase by 21%. Uh, so this actually moved towards what we call the digital economy. Uh, this is what is happening in the future. Uh, uh, more people and more tools for us to use the uh, electronic payment, uh, then uh, people can actually uh, uh, 
develop uh, those tools. And of course, we can, if possible, we can actually move out uh, because we do not have any boundary, uh, no, no border uh, for electronic commerce. Uh, so if Hong Kong can have a base to develop the electronic commerce, then uh, this will be certainly benefit Hong Kong uh, in the future. Do we yeah. know who are the big winners? I mean, Octopus, I think, because they, they're only giving out the money in 2,000 lumps and other people giving it out the full 3,000 this time. People, so people are a bit, I think people will always have an octopus card. It's simply too convenient. But who are the big winners among the other service providers? Okay. Uh, maybe the new service provider, I'm not going to talk about it. Because we know that some banks actually uh, have already developed their electronic payment uh, for some time. Right. So that uh, this time they, they actually extend because they have a large consumer base. So they now they actually expand their consumption uh, uh, to the electronic consumption world, world uh, so that uh, they can improve or increase their market share. So I think that they are the winner, uh, but maybe how big is the winner? I don't know. Okay. You mentioned before that uh, you know, it's easier to travel now. So, uh, some of that money uh, might not be spent uh, in Hong Kong. Is, it, is there any mechanism that could be introduced to ensure that uh, the consumption vouchers would have to be spent here? The consumption voucher, what I mean is that the, the consumption voucher must be spent in Hong Kong, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, this is a regulation, whatever you buy. But they switch their consumption, they save up their money, and they use the consumption voucher, the electronic consumption voucher, for regular use. Uh, yeah. That's, for example, for going to the supermarket. So it's somewhat difficult to ensure that they just uh, use all the money in Hong Kong. And indeed, the government has already imposed some restrictions. For example, we know that uh, our population is reducing. So those that leave Hong Kong uh, uh, cannot have the electronic consumption mm -hmm. voucher this time. Uh, so so that's yeah. what we yeah. try to ensure that the money is actually spending in Hong Kong. Uh, but yeah. for traveling, for tourists, uh, it's somehow a little bit difficult to constrain uh, the people not to spend the money for tourism because they can always switch their, their profile or their budget between Traveling, saving up all the money. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't put that very well because, yeah, of course, the vouchers have to be spent here. But I mean, I mean, for people who like, you use the example of, uh, you know, go to the supermarket, use them for your grocery bills, and then save the money that you would have spent otherwise. But uh, I mean, is 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 there any way that uh, that that could be prevented? I, I don't know. My, maybe putting a um, you know a time limit on the, on when the vouchers have to be used. I think it's somehow. Impossible. <laughs> okay, even though you put a time limit, well, I, my, my, my point is that you have already used the electronic voucher. Mm. You are not using your income, your mm. regular income. Mm. You save your regular income for traveling. Mm. You use the electronic voucher. Mm. Uh, mm. So the electronic voucher is being used. And the point is that the use of the electronic voucher in economy terms, we are considered a multiplier effect. That means the money, if the money is circulating in the economy of Hong Kong, this will stimulate the whole economy. But if the money do not circulate in the economy of Hong Kong, but circulate yeah. in Japan, mm. <laughs> right. we oh. are benefiting the economy of Japan instead of benefiting the economy of Hong Kong. So the point is that, okay, the people are spending, spending the electronic voucher in Hong Kong the first time, okay? But when the money goes into the supermarket or goes into the local economy, then the money be, is not an electronic voucher, it's, it's just cash, a Hong Kong dollar. So it's up to the people in Hong Kong to spend the money in Hong Kong or exchange this to the 
诶 Japanese yen or Thailand b e c a u s e 你谂下，开多咧就 appreciating。What is the consumer sentiment at the moment? Because you're right. I mean, I think we can all understand if people feel good, they're more likely to spend, and if they're feeling not so good or not so confident, they put it on one side and save it for for later. So, what what's the consumer sentiment like? What's your reading? The consumer sentiment, I think, is now、uh, in a time of waiting for the government. Okay,、uh, to do something.、Uh, below that, the government has already manipulated the expectations that、uh, we are moving forward. Okay,、uh, the release of the pandemic、uh, constraint is、uh, going to release somehow,、uh, someday. Okay, we are moving forward. We are always moving forward.、Uh, so the consumer sentiment or the general public is now waiting, now waiting for the government for more policy, for more release of the、uh, the pandemic constraint. So that、uh, they are expecting if the pandemic constraint is released, the, the whole economy may look better, and they may be able、uh, to to consume. They are willing to consume more by the time. So in this moment,、uh, the consumption sentiment is that just a festival consumption sentiment. They consume the electronic voucher in the first week in this few few days because of the festival,、uh, and then they will wait until,、uh, for example, by. By two weeks later, okay, uh, uh, and see if the government is going to have more policy or more, more release of the pandemic、uh, constraints, so that、uh, the economy or at least the, the retail market, the retail market,、uh, may they have a better condition, so that they can consume more. Okay. All right. Well,、uh, thank you very much for joining us、uh, on the program this morning.、Uh, that was、uh, Dr. Thomas Yoon, assistant professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Shuyan University.、Uh, just a, an email here from、uh, listener Eileen relating to. Uh, vaccines and、uh, restrictions. Says、uh, I read today in the Standard that some elderly and parents of young children are refusing a COVID vaccine. While I understand that the Hong Kong government wants to protect the elderly and the young, if the elderly and parents of young children don't want to take the vaccine, why does the rest of Hong Kong have to suffer these continued restrictions? That's from Aileen.、Um, Thank you very much to、uh, everybody who wrote in.、Um, thanks to our listeners.、Um, thanks very much to you, Mike. Some big issues There's, out there today. Certainly, certainly were.、Um, we won't be having、um, a back chat tomorrow because it's a public holiday.、Uh, but、uh, we will be back on Wednesday when Janice Wong will be in the chair.、Um, quick look at the weather. So、uh, fine and hot today.、Uh, top temperature around 32 degrees.、Uh, moderate. Easterly winds. The outlook: fine and very hot tomorrow. Winds will strengthen from the east on Wednesday. It'll be windy with a few showers, and temperatures will fall slightly in the following couple of days. It's currently 29 degrees, humidity 79 percent. I'm Dr. Siu Kao Kao, pediatric respirologist. The best protection for kids aged six months or above against the surging pandemic is arranging for them to.